Can you please tell me what's going on? I'm embracing my sexy power. Thought you'd appreciate that. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to CJ Let's get the Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast, discussing Neighbours, the classic soap opera. I am Vaya. I'm a TV writer. I have trouble suspending disbelief. I'm here in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios, original headquarters, with Catherine Jones, also known as CJ the Hot Mess Mum, also here in the PirateNet Studios with me. Hello. Hello, everyone. And we're both in the same room. We're both in the same room and we got so excited. We've spent the whole evening talking and we forgot to do the pod. Yeah, so now we've got to get to it. <laughs> I mean, look, Neighbours is – I find Neighbours quite jo- joyful at the moment. We've come off, like, obviously a time when Neighbours has a lot of back action, you know, on yeah. set and in the media and stuff. But, like, the storylines at the moment are just – they're great. I feel like someone heard me. Mm. Like everyone, I've had a tough year. But, you know, th- a few newborn baby-related elements jacked it up a notch. And then in the last couple of weeks, I went to Sydney and my partner's working there. And now they've got a COVID cluster. Mm. And now they're locked down and my partner's stuck there. And I'm stuck in solo parent land. Maybe you're the super spreader. I have been very paranoid. I the pod the podcast we did last week with Chambo and Adam, uh, the, there's a picture of the three of us with our arms around each other, and I'm like, oh god, this is going to be on the front page of the Herald Sun. <laughs> oh, I love it. And like you know, the contact traces will be like, went to Homebush to do a podcast. <laughs> After it would be like stopped off here to buy, like insert food that is uh, indulgent in whatever yeah. way. And stopped at the Seven Eleven to buy chips. Yeah. And then also you went shopping and bought a mask, so that would be like the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did buy a mask. Yeah. Um, and you know, I had a tough time when I went back to work and ju- managing things. And someone just went, you know what? Vaya Pashos needs just a week of Ned with no shirt and no plot. Just fill in the plot yourselves. Hmm. Just don't even worry. But then, in a moment, they're listening. But then, in some other broad stroke. They've put in a ridiculous goon storyline. Yeah. What goes up must come down. Everything, yeah. for every action, there's an opposite reaction. Yeah. So. <laughs> I really want to spend more time with like other parts of Levi. Mm. I want to, like we've done the, you know, backstory with the goons that have caused the epilepsy, which I'm still a bit loose on. <laughs> but whatever, it happened. And like the family impact of that. And I just, and then he had this pathetic relationship <laughs> with a go kart. <laughs> um, now I want him to, I don't know, fall in love with his boss or something. Like, give me something yeah. else. Or just make a bad call at work and have that impact him. And oh, Aaronsborough police need to stop making bad calls. Yeah, or just watch SVU because Finn had some really good. Ice T had some good episodes, having to come to terms with the Black Lives Matter movement and his oh. role in the police force. It's really interesting. He's had a lot of um, storylines about his son as well. His son who's gay. I mean, like some of that stuff would be. Yeah, good. give Levi an adult son. <laughs> Like they do with Pierce. <laughs> or like he could be bisexual mm. and that – and because there's that new Sarge. 
Yeah, I'm interested in that, Sarge. Me too. There's something coming with something, him for sure. Yeah. Well, he's been signaled too many times for there yeah. to be nothing. But like there could be like a mystery crime and he could get really involved in trying mm. to solve it, for instance. You're too close to this, Levi. You're too close. Exactly. Too close to this canning. But no, we have to deal with more backstory about this stuff. That child goons. And we'll get to the beers in a sec. But And on that, there was a moment this week where Tarage shared the birth story of Pipes. She said, I had had almost had my youngest daughter, Piper, in the car on the way to the hospital. And that really resonated with me because I just thought, that's a moment from Therese's history. We never get to hear about her history. We get nothing. We get crumbs. She has to follow Paul around, mopping up his crumbs. And I was like, oh, that's another facet to her and her childbirth experience. And Mm. I really... Ate that up. And that's a, that's the thing. It's We want to see other sides to these people and what makes them tick. Yeah. And, like, could you imagine Brad trying oh to get to the oh. – God. Brad. Uh, like, he would. he's the opposite of Aaron who's trialling all the right paths with to his, get to Erinsborough Hospital. With his stopwatch. Yeah. Do you not love how David is like, I work there? <laughs> like, I know how to get there. But also I'm a doctor if – we have to do this here, I probably can. And, like, we've got cops on our street. We could just get the sirens going. And I mean, they've got ev- they're Carl. Car- everything. Carl's back at the hospital. Um, oh, yeah, they're back at the hospital. Yeah. I was wondering about the set because we haven't seen the set in a while. Are no, we haven't. Ju- no. Are they going to just, like, paint a wall of the Flamingo Bar white and use that? Yeah. yeah. And Roxy will just, like, swan in sometimes with a cocktail. Be like, Does Actually, anyone want this? I'd trust her, like, in a childbirth situation. Yeah. She's just – I mean, she'd set the place on fire, but she would deliver a baby. Yeah, but she'd run off and get sheets, like in the yeah. Gone with the Wind or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look. No, I trust her. I trust. Mackenzie, Harlow. Oh, Mackenzie, yeah. yeah. Um, ha- no, Harlow. No, 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 Harlow. Sorry, not at the moment. Oh. Not come modern day Harlow. Oh, God. Cautionary tale. Could you um, imagine her being like sitting down next to somebody who's in labor <laughs> being like, let me tell you about my terrible story. <laughs> I won't. And she wouldn't touch on her mother being dead or no, anything nothing. like that. Just. That her boyfriend mm. lives in another state. My boyfriend's got split ends. He's in a red zone now. What's his face? Oh, Brent, yeah. So, bit of biz. Sweetie, it's just business. Melbourne. Melbourne's lockdown restrictions have eased. Two-thirds of the Neighbours trio are fully vaccinated. Mm. Nothing sexier than a fully vaccinated human being. Uh, I'm almost there. This time next pod trifecta baby yeah it's kind of like you know you remember like the race to lose your virginity it's kind of like that isn't it (laughs) of course i went first (laughs) i do remember that marathon (laughs) i was wow yep i was looking for those stalls with the little paper cups for the water on the side of the road (laughs) i've been running and i got a thirst guys got a thirst as opposed to some other places in the world we've really had to get you know that bear grills man how he like eats grubs and stuff that's how australians have had to get vaccines it's we've had to scramble yeah yeah like you've had to do lots of things very un-australian things you've had to ask people for help yeah can you sign this letter so that i can get my it's actually law and order organized crime has had a whole subplot about the mob peddling vaccines to like the rich people that's why i'm telling you to watch it you'd love it because they're like holding these swanky parties for their rich friends to get them vaccinated right like ahead of the queue 
You know what? If you could have bought it, I would have got it in March. <laughs> Outsource. Yeah. Um, I would have put that on my dad's credit card. <laughs> that being said, there probably are people that can buy it and I just don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. Every postcode has a different journey with this vaccine. Um, got to say, new members to our Facebook group, Neighbours Council, Craig listens to the pod while washing dishes or having a sneaky McChicken in the car for lunch. Ooh. Man after Kate's heart, car picnic. Craig. I want to tell you, next time you get a McChicken, ask them to add a slice of cheese <gasps> and go heavy on that mayo. You'll never go oh, back. Life hack. And Amy listens on buggy walks. I love the word buggy. It's so for English, pram. isn't it? Yeah. There was an English woman in my mother's group and she used to say, I'll cut it in the buggy. <laughs> uh, that's not even the right accent, well, but whatever. I love it. Lean into that. And, oh, big news, friend of the pod, Sarah Gibbs. Huge. Book launched, Drama Queen. Yeah, I'm, I've currently got a self-help book. I've got one chapter left of and then I'm going to... And then you'll be solved. Yeah, and uh, yes, yeah, so definitely. I can't even remember what it was about. I think it was about calorie counting. Anyway, as Sarah's book, I have pre-ordered the audio book because I, as I said in the council, I'm dyslexic, so reading, you know, a book sometimes doesn't work out for me. But Sarah read, she's the uh, voice artist as well. Love, I love an author read audio book. Because it's just set in the right tone, Mm. you know, Um, which is, it can be really problematic when you like listening to something and you're like, oh, this just isn't the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm really excited about listening. And Sarah's mentioned that she really enjoyed the sort of neighbours council like love she was getting about it. And a few people joined her Zoom launch. Yeah, it was at it was 4 a.m. It was yeah. a tough time. Yeah. But all the people that could attend at 4 a.m. made it an effort and that was really sweet. Sarah Gibbs, Jerome McQueen, One Autistic Woman and a Life of Unhelpful Labels. So have a look for that. I'm really um, looking forward to, I, I assume because the title includes the words autistic women, when I worked in autism, like that was a really interesting conversation that was happening because of the differences between autistic mm. women and men and non-binary and you know all, all different groups but i'm really looking forward to hearing her point of view mm. so she's doing business with you now my rundown for this discussion has a frenzied typed out sentence sexy ned ceramic pig that's the main item on the agenda let's kick off one of my favorite tropes a few months ago it was accidental listening of an, a mm-hmm. secret on audio recording, broadcast live, whatever. Another one of my favourite fictional tropes. Having to do acting but with romance, like having to do flirtatious or romantic acting with somebody that you've got chemistry with. Okay. It's like one of my favourite And like devices. actors acting on screen? The characters in the story have to play act that they're romantically linked but they're not. Yeah, and they're trying to, like, avoid feelings as well. Yeah. And also, like, I was actually taken back a lot about these storylines because our little Nettles, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got some trauma mm. about his body. Yeah. And about his ownership of his body and his image. And on film especially. Yeah. And so I'm not really sure Roxy has been very considerate. Wait, am I being really insensitive? You know, getting you to kind of be a little bit frisky on camera, is bringing up... Scarlet stuff. Uh, yeah, look, I guess I might not be the most comfortable in front of the camera. Okay, abort. No, but that doesn't mean I can't be. What body positivity bopo did he have this week, though? 
I mean, it's not hard when your body's like oh, that. No, is it's it? like yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's Instagram model. Ain't nobody model got a body like influencers. Like I wake up like this. Like yeah, mm, yeah. Gee, that must have been hard to do. <laughs> You're so brave. <laughs> Uh, so Amy went the pash on her employee Ned, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. this work event and he's like cool with it because she's hot but now she gets all flustered around him and uh, Roxy wants to make this short film promotion for mm-hmm. the Flamingo Bar Short Film Festival. No, it's like shorts and tickles or something. Like it, maybe it's like a romantic film festival. Well, Roxy decided the theme. It's oh, going to okay. be love-based because she had the confetti on hand and she wants to be a director. She's like, I can't be in this because I'm directing. And Ned's my cousin, therefore I can't be in romantic scenes with him. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It does make your trope make a lot more sense because Roxy can't be. No. Although I'll never forget the episode where Billy and Anne almost – not Billy and Anne, Anne and Lance almost had to kiss because they were in some video yeah. thing. That's bleak. It was – yeah, they, they pulled the pin right before the, the moment. So – one of the scenes was that um, there was lipstick written on his back. <gasps> what made, did they write on his back? That, I don't made, that made me feel some kind of way, that scene. I was a bit – that also stressed me out because, you know, he got his tattoos removed mm. because he didn't want to like, I don't know. Be identified. Yeah. And then, and then somebody labelled him mm. again and took ownership of his body. And then Roxy had – I was upset that Roxy had, had to be the one that, to take the baby wipes to him. I was hoping Amy would get in on the baby wipes, actually. Yeah. I mean, you'd think, of, you know, a former hostie would know a way, her way around a baby wipe. <laughs> so Amy and Ned have to be photographed in all these kind of flirtatious situations, including him being a, an American cowboy. <laughs> yeah, and I think he tried an accent. Well, Roxy was demonstrating the accent and he was replicating it and I was – verbally cringing to the point where I was squealing with awkwardness to the point where my son, who is one, was like looking at me and laughing. Like, what are you doing? Like, didn't understand. Like, he doesn't know how to do anything yet. And he's judging me for my vocalizations. (laughs) But I was so full body cringe. And he, to his credit, Ned slash Ben Hall's face was like, I can't believe I'm having to do this. Like, you sensed his angst at having to do this accent. It was rough. You know what I loved the most? When Ned told Paul that Amy likes him to not wear clothes. I loved it. Did you forget your clothes this morning, did you? No, we agreed that customers might spend a bit more money if there was a bit of skin on show. And just quietly, Amy likes me like this. (laughs) I don't. It's so cheeky. Just something, he's got a spring in his step. Yeah. Just something about his older lady, he's like, this is my jam. An yeah. older blonde woman finds me irresistible and I'm going to leave my shirt off and hide my clothes in my cousin's bag. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like, I don't even think, it's just women. Like, he is just, as he said before, everyone is welcome on Ned Street. Everyone's welcome on Ned Street. I mean, Clothes all, optional. And so I loved it because I felt like Paul looked at Amy like you and me, we're the same kind of people. <laughs> CJ, Amy's behaviour, like all hot and bothered. Mm. She was flustered flustered, in a bluster. Does it not remind you of the way I was the day we interviewed him? (laughs) What, when you told him you had a life partner when you said, hi, my name's Faye, I have a life partner at home? So this is not weird. Don't make this weird. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And did you know, I keep like knocking things over like in a rom-com, like I was trying to put our equipment, I had the big mixing desk. I didn't even have the small recorder and I was trying to prop the mixing desk on a bar stool. And Also, we wore the same clothes. Yeah. And I, I was, I was like sweating and it was so, so nervous. Also, do you think that maybe there's someone like that all the time around Ben Hall? Like an assistant or something. No, I mean, like, maybe that's just the way women react to him. But you met him, you were fine. That's true. <laughs> um, but that's only because I was compared to you. If you weren't there, I probably... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would seem fine, yeah. me in the room. But, like, maybe he just thinks that's how women act. <laughs> so that's what Ned would think, right? But he, it's not like he's a catalogue model like Mark Brennan. No. I miss Mark Brennan. <laughs> Simpler times, you know. I just really was – I was in that place with Amy. I could see where she was at. I really felt it. Um, and I'm loving their trio um, at the Flamingo Bar. Mm, the Roxy Moxie. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just fun. Now that workplace bullying is just minor workplace sexual harassment, it's a lot more carefree. Yeah, and like while I say I feel really uncomfortable with this stuff, at least the, the, you know, the viewpoint of it being man to woman is flipped. Yeah, and it, which is better. Yeah. Like it, it's a diff- completely different set of power dynamics. Yeah. And we may as well see it this way. Yeah. Because we always see it the other way. Exactly. Um, and it's a casual bar job. It's not yeah. It's not like he is an intern at an art gallery and she's the curator. No, not like when he was. <laughs> not like last month. <laughs> not like last month. Um, not with Sheila too. Yes, 100%. But also remember when Ben, not when Ben, remember when um, Ned was an artist and now he's just. No, he is. He used the word pastiche. So oh, he, this okay. is filmic now. It's coming out in. He's in all arts, all the arts. Yeah, yeah. Right. He said pastiche. I mean, I don't know what that is, and I've done a film degree, so. <laughs> but um, I don't think we're going to hear much about his art in the coming, you know, year. They've run out of budget to pay the sketch artist. <laughs> yeah. There really isn't much more to say about this plot, but my brain is currently racking itself to try yeah, like, and find. What else can what we else? talk about? Um, no, the water was – him pouring water himself was last week. Um, <laughs> but you can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> it's just, you know, everyone has that character on a show. Like for me, it was Raphael Barber on SVU. Mm-hmm. And he's not on that show anymore. He just does theatre. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me to find and see. There are people that put bootlegs over it online. It's nice of them. But, you know, and it used to be, and I'm reminded this because I now follow him on Instagram, Ditch Davey on Blue Healers. This is a deep cut. But Blue Healers, Ditch Davey, it's a person's name. Yep. It, like the actor or the? The actor. And he played Jonesy. Oh. Oh, he was. Oh, my God. Dreamboat. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> CJ's husband's name. Um, Exactly my type. Like, ex- just I need to look at him to find oh out what, what, what that means. I've always had the same type, like brown hair, blue eyes, boyish charm. And um, now I follow him on Instagram. And his character on Home and Away at the moment is going out with, has a romance plot with Marnie Kennedy, who's way younger than me. Yeah. Anyway, I met him once. Sorry. This they is... had like a death over in the vein, like a big deal oh. episode, I think, this last week. Do you reckon Irene's still on that show? Yeah, she is. She's like 100%. Um, here he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks great. Um, but I met him once is, at a bar. Is the coach from um, Playing for Keeps also your type? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, cool. I met Ditch Davey once at a bar in my early 20s and I, co- I literally could not believe what was happening. Like I was – and all the people around me, I'm like, he's here. 
he's here. This is my chance to be his wife. And everyone else is like, the guy from Blue Healers. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? That guy. What, what's the big deal? Go say <laughs> hi. Who cares? I was a ball of nerves. I was Amy. I, at one point, I was like sitting on the chair next to his group of people. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, and at one point, we started having a chat. And he, re- he saw my phone and he noticed we had the same type of phone. And he's like picking up my phone and looking at it. And, like, afterwards, and it's my greatest regret in life, like, people were like, um, you should have just, like, put your number in his phone. Or, like, he was clearly getting your phone. But, like, back then I was just, I had no. No game. No, no, none. And no self-belief. And I was like, as if, little old me. But then I. Yeah, like, he was very interested in my phone case. Yeah, it was a Nokia. (laughs) And I was kicking myself for years, for months, years. I was like, oh, my God, what could have been? Yeah. Well, there you go. Here's your hall pass, I guess, then. I've got my Ben Hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, roller spas is definitely my hall pass. But um, I've got too many of them. It's like, <laughs> I'm like Ross Geller. I've got to get a card and laminate it. Um, the the point is, yeah, I go to water. I get giddy. I get it. So um, do, you, do you think they're going to get together? That's what I want to know. Um, I may, maybe some maybe some illicit makeout sessions. Oh, you know, like a Naomi and the swimming kid. Yes. Yep. That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Love cool. that. She's going to teach him some additional moves mm. for the next time he dates a schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Tutoring session. Okay, I've bled that dry. So, other plots happened. Did they? Let me see. Okay, for Patreon, let's go over to. Look, I've put her a lot on Patreon lately, but come on, Harlow. You've got to give us something. Give oh. us something to work with. Well, okay. Before yes. we go to Patreon, yes. sad, Patreon sad. Um, can we just touch on that we have a new hot couple in Erinsborough? <gasps> we sure can. Yeah. So we can – because that obviously leads into chats for um, for our – the teacher from the school. What's his name again? Curtis Perkins. Curtis Perkins. What a name. Mm. He's hanging about. While um, Margot, Robbie's brother, mm-hmm, yep. is about. And the, the whole tenet of Margot, Robbie's brother, is that he's hot. So the idea is that he's a very attractive picnic basket, but that he's a few sandwiches short mm-hmm. of a full basket. He goes on this date with Harlow, this fake date. This, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but he seems quite emotionally intelligent. He figures yeah. Harlow out really quick. Very much so. Yeah. And became immediately made her and him more interesting by having philosophical conversations. Exactly. And he was like, oh, hey, girl, let's talk this out. In fact, reminded me a lot of Ash Williams. So he was, um, you know, he's still wearing the Hawaiian shirt, but that's not his fault. He works at the Flamingo Bar. But then we get like this scene where Curtis Perkins and what is his name again? It's not Margot Robbie's brother. Jesse. Jesse. Are like sort of like brushing each other in Harold's and then it turns out they're on a date and they've got a thing going. A but date it- that went straight home. Yeah. At this point, let's go over to Patreon. Mm. Next item on the agenda I've got here is shitty winery office. <laughs> we have a new, we have a new setting, a new old setting. Yeah. Do, like, do you remember going there before? I didn't really. I vaguely remember Chloe's wedding to Pierce, but I know it is Monsalvat, a beautiful estate out in Eltham. Okay. Um, like an, a lot of artists' residence programs happen there, a lot of locations for films. 
Maybe that's why I have Clive's back because he's a counsellor in that um, region. Oh, he'd probably teed it up for them, probably. Put it in a good word. So, obviously, Leo is back, has bought the Pierce Winery, which is in disarray. Also, where did he get the money from? New York business dealings, wheelings and dealings. Oh, okay, cool. How, how do you, you and Kate love Leo. How do you feel having your little dimpled, oh, dimpled friend back? Uh, no, I'm all for it. And him and Chloe in scenes together, like there's no reason why they wouldn't just have sex immediately. Yeah, and so Chloe references the fact that she crawled over the desk to get to him. Yeah, she did. She, um... She said that she had a flashback and that it was X-rated and then she just proceeded to tell him, remind him. I love that. And then he said, oh, I can't get up yet. Um, (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) That's a classic manoeuvre. That's that's right up there with... So I had this dream about you. Oh, it's so, I don't it's, I can't go I into can't it. I can't go into it, but but here is everything that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so they're working together. Now look, I don't understand. I wasn't watching properly. What's the deal with like Paul and Leo and billionaire Tim? That's not his name. That'll do. Conspiring against Chloe. What what's the deal? It's like they've They've been teenagers at a slumber party and they've concocted this plan that they think is amazing. But uh-huh. then when you actually act it out, it's a very bit of a strange plan. Mm-hmm. So Leo was going to buy Pierce's winery and then they've all got wind of the fact that Nicolette is a bit, a bit of a Machiavellian nightmare and they don't want her interfering in the Darren family, mm-hmm. although she's, it's a bit late for that, guys. But she's, she's got the baby mm-hmm. in her. They're like, we know how to put her in her place. Leo, hire her girlfriend to be your whatever it is, events manager. Like general pizzazza. Yeah, yep. pizzazza. That will, because the winery is like at least an hour away, although they're all taking Ubers back and forth. Mm. That'll well, keep, they've got to get drunk at work, yeah, you see. That'll keep her away from Nicolette and that'll drive a wedge between them and ruin that relationship, and which will, I, I don't know, but I don't... I don't know what they thought beyond it really is like I'll sit next to him in English class and then he'll be distracted. And it's just like they didn't think, okay, and then what? And so I don't know if Leo's part of the scheme is and I'll crack on to her because we used to have a fling. Yeah, we've got, we got great chemistry. They've got excellent yeah, chemistry. They do. Those or, two, yeah. if, or if Leo actually is like, yeah, why not? I'd go back here. Okay, cool. So, yeah, because what I was wondering, so Leo is playing an intense amount of interest in Chloe's relationship. Yeah, and it's that really upsets me because what so I'm only going to promote this woman into her dream role with um, the intention of seducing her in the workplace. That's disgusting behavior. Also, it's not the first time because remember Pierce gave her the island that <laughs> That was her dream role that too. That was run down as well. Was with Pierce owning all this expensive shit that's trashed? Yeah. He's they, not a billionaire. This is all made up. Because they came in and there's like piles of crap they want to set fire to. That's like, why he only like threw over a few bucks to Carl and Susan for looking out. He doesn't have any money left. Was it an abandoned winery? It looked pretty abandoned. There's just apparently a lot of protein powder. Which was weird. It was like a it was like an actual shout out to Tim Robards. Yeah. Not the character of Pierce because yeah. no one ever mentioned. I mean, he used to run around the block with Hendrix. But I will say, Mr. Tim um, did a spot for the charity I work for for mm-hmm. the push-up challenge. Oh, of yes. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, he's put his heart in the right place and he's 
biceps. And his and biceps, yeah. And other bits. But, you know, they're having heaps of jokes about Tim and his body, um, talking about that and about – and I think it's really funny because they've, they've brought back the second actor but are having jokes about – Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this, the, the replacement is – Fierce is fierce. He's fierce as, well. as well, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, Robards is a whole different kettle of fish, really. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying all of this. I took me a minute to figure out what this set, the interior set was. I'm like, is this – I first I thought that they'd hired another room at Lasseter's and they'd mm-hmm. turned it into their makeshift cellar door, but no, this is meant to be back out at the winery. Um, And Chloe and Leo in a millionaire's winery are working at one desk – like either side of a single desk. Also, like, do they even need to be there? And can't, can't they one, do this at home? And can't one of them <laughs> sit at the bar? Yeah, but also, like, there's no people there yet. Yeah. Like, they haven't opened. And how are they going to run a menu with an 18 year old kid who has not done an apprenticeship? He's just been sitting in his year 13 science lab, home ec lab, googling recipe blogs like Julie and Julia. Yeah, Pinterest. Yeah. He's been on Pinterest. I love that because it is so neighbours for him to suddenly be the head chef yeah, at a winery. Doing degustations every day. Yeah. It was a bit presumptuous of him t- to go to his boss and say, clear your schedule, sir. I have a seven-course menu. And they had an appointment with a supplier. I also love Mackenzie presumably is doing some important degree. That doesn't nah. matter. She's just like she's just here for this. I mean, maybe maybe it's a uni break. At the minute? I mean, who even knows no. what's going on? Um, There's a lot of stuff being done online at the moment. Maybe she's just caught up. Yeah. I've just enrolled in uni and I have to go to the classroom. Oh, what? Yeah, I'm pretty excited actually. That sounds fun. Well, yeah. But yeah, I. so the thing about Chloe is we throw around things like she's really good at staff and this is her dream job and all that kind of stuff. I don't really know because she has been very chameleon. She's kind of bounced off the person that she's with, with a lot and it isn't her dream to have a pregnant girlfriend. Which she said in a list of things about her tough year. What, you don't want your lobster bisque with the whey protein isolate? <laughs> it's good to see you like this again. Fun Chloe. I haven't seen much of her since I've been back. I don't know if you'd be laughing a minute if you'd had the year I have. Cheating husband, divorce, mother died and started dating a pregnant woman. Uh, I'm sorry, ignore me. I'm an idiot. No arguments here. She doesn't mention the miscarriage, but she does mention getting a pregnant girlfriend as one of the yeah. hugely dramatic things to happen to her. Yeah. Wow. I think, I think maybe a writer forgot to add that miscarriage in. <laughs> um, but, um, or it got, it got cut for time or something. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like something she should mention. <laughs> I mean, maybe she doesn't want to, but it does seem like at the time definitely it yeah. impacted her. Um, but. She doesn't like the way that Nicolette speaks to her, like, you need to be here for me. And it's like, but it's not. You need to bring me snacks. When I was pregnant, yes, snacks were very high on the priority list. Mm-hmm. Could I get them for myself? Yes, I could. Could mm-hmm. delivery people bring them to my door? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. You know? Also, like, now that you have a child, mm. do you realize how much easier it is to get snacks when your child lives in you? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, because when you actually have the child living outside your body, which I guess Nicolette will never really have because it'll be with Darren, it's actually a lot easier than you think it is at the time. Mm. You're like, oh, being pregnant's not that bad compared to, you know, having a toddler that can go up and downstairs. Uh, and just can reach literally everything. Mm-hmm. How can he reach that pair of scissors? How? Yeah. How can he reach that high? Yeah. 
but he can. And so, yeah. He threw, and, he threw this wooden shape sorter at my head today by accident. Yeah, well, he really wanted you to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Um, but the thing is, is that like, yeah, Chloe's not, she's not a parent. So she doesn't, you know, like I understand that she needs to be nice to her girlfriend. And yes, there were times where I was sore and I did need my partner to massage me or, or like when I had a few migraines when I was pregnant and you the whole world had to stop and help me then. But like when if I was just having a chill vibes day on the couch with some, you know, yeah, streaming services and a jar of peanut butter then i was happy as larry on my is own is she on leave already because she doesn't seem to be going into work she goes at night to lock up oh, right. she seems to have outsourced a lot of that cafe yeah i mean like, fine more power to yeah. her but um and we heard also that she doesn't cook yeah I get, well, she, this is a continuity note she does every single time there's food around nicolette we, we are reminded that she's bad at preparing it where do you reckon that's going there must be a reason why they keep pointing that no, out No, it's just always been a character trait of hers like the fact that Hendrix does like cooking. Sarah mentioned on the council that I picked that first. Yes, you did. Unlike his second scene, yeah, because he likes smoked salmon. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all you needed. <laughs> you jumped onto, or maybe the maybe neighbors team heard you say that and were like, you know what? That's a great trajectory for Hendrix that's or Bar right. Mix, as Adam Richard calls him. <laughs> oh. um, I think there'll be a thing. I think she's going to poison someone or something. And they'll be like, why am I eating a cake that Nicolette made? And then she'll have to apologise to Darren because they were like, how can we have a baby mother who would kill someone with a cake? I can't help myself. I just really hate fears. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame her. They're like, he left two weeks ago. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, So this is very strange. So Leo keeps finding excuses for Chloe to stay in the winery office with him and She's like, oh, but I promised to watch a movie and swim in the pool in the middle of winter with my pregnant girlfriend. She should not be getting in that pool. It was downpour today. Yeah. It was so cold outside. Yeah. So by the end of the week, though, things are looking quite grim. So another presumptuous move. Hendrix is like a classic white billionaire's son, just swans on in and owns the joint. He's He brings Nicolette in to foil Leo's plan to have one-on-one time with Clobby. And because he set this menu and they were all flirty with each other and he's like, well, I'll bring the girlfriend in so they can stop doing that. And he's like, I'm going to make a picnic for you and Chloe. Oh. Which was very cute. Go find a spot to picnic in. But also, let's remember that Chloe's at work. Don't. She's got enough drama with having mm. to look after a pregnant girlfriend out of hours. And it's a new job. Do you know how stressful the first two days of a new job are? Yeah, like you don't even know where to put your lunch. You don't. You don't even know how to, where the all the folders are on the computer. No, you've got no idea, and you don't want to ask anyone. And like for some reason in your mind, you think you can't ask because you should already know. Yeah. But like, there's no reason no. you would know. But and there's only Leo there. Yeah, and like it's a bit weird because he keeps kind of hitting on you. Yeah, and you keep kind of hitting on him, and they're drinking a lot at work. There's only half a desk available. <laughs> What kind of two-bit operation? Mm, yeah. It's like she should have looked around. They should have looked around Bum Island and gone, you know what? I don't think this winery is going to be in tip-top shape. Nicolette somehow gets lost going in a straight line along one of the vine vi- – uh, what are they called? Vine? The vine the vineyard. <laughs> the word vineyard is nice, isn't it? It is yeah. good. I, we're not yeah. wine drinkers. No. Along one of the rows of – yeah, bro. She got lost going in a straight line. It's, I couldn't get past that. Also, she got so far away from Hendrix, he couldn't hear her yell out. 
in like mm. country where there was no other noise. No. And she did turn around at some point and forgotten if she'd come from one area, one end of the line to the other. Oh, God. I mean, we've all been there. Not Kate. No. No, Kate would – she'd look up at the sky and go, I'm centre five, eight of the north. Yeah. And then she'd just get yeah. there. Yeah. I don't even know what those words. No, she, are. she'll yell at you for saying incorrect words. She was like, "What's the centre right, CJ? Yeah. I've no idea, Kate." So she's off and she's disoriented, and then she's wearing very inappropriate clothes for traipsing around a winery. But she did just go on a whim, so that's fine. But she slips and falls. Yeah, and her phone's got no battery. Yeah, and so she's grabbing at her belly. Um, also, this picture, which I, everyone can thank me for not putting this on the chat thread because this picture was one of the promo images um, of her in the thing. So, I assume we're going to have a baby next week. Is she going to have the baby? Uh, so, it was foreshadowed because Therese had shared how Piper was very quick to arrive and impatient, which is very cute. So, Aaron and David were freaking out a bit about the baby. Also, Therese had already had twins. So, of course... Of course, Piper was just gonna Piper's like, thanks, Josh and Emmy, for paving the way for me here. How out I come. Thanks, guys. Aaron's like panicked. Like, oh, we have to be ready. Like, if the baby could come early, the baby might be born in the car. I'm like, you remember your friend Paige where she had her baby? Do you remember Ellie where she had her baby? No, where did Ellie have her baby? In the Kennedy lounge room. Oh, under Millsy. Um, no, no, the other guy. Rob Rob. Yes. So, I think the car's probably fine, guys. Yeah. But they're like, oh, no, she, our baby can't be born in a car. Yeah. <laughs> what is I this? mean, they've, they've been through a lot to get the baby. Yeah. So, nine, um, well, eight months. I don't even know how pregnant she is. But it uh, feels like we're yeah. up in double digits. Of constant stress that this woman's going to steal their baby. They do not trust her with the cereal. Like, they, <laughs> they cannot trust that she will... You know, do their little pocket, like close the cereal box. They yeah. do not trust a thing about her. They keep having these amazing spats where they're like, I can't believe you're accusing me of this. They're like, you, you're a couple of you're accusing me of muscling in on your family by wanting my girlfriend at things. And then in the next scene, they're like, hi, guys. Sorry, I lost my temper. Let's let's be friends. Yeah. It's weird. It is really weird. And I mean, it's just, it only reminds me why surrogacy really needs a whole lot of clear boundaries mm. that neighbours just is unaware of. <laughs> or unwilling to follow. Yeah. And I mean, look, I think it's kind of fair enough. They talk about surrogacy a lot in Keeping Up With The Kardashians oh, because yeah. um, Kim Kardashian had a surrogate for two of her children and Chloe wants to and hasn't been able to find her path in and that journey. Nicole Kidman used a surrogate for baby Faith. I believe so, yeah. Mm. And I think for some people it works, like it in the Kardashians at least, for Kim it worked really well and she was able to find the right surrogate that matched I'm her sure, and her I'm family. I'm sure money helped her through that process. Yes, but Chloe hasn't been able to and she has lots of money. So, oh. yeah. But like at no point in the Kardashians did someone say, why don't, you get your girl, your sister's girlfriend to mother and carry the baby. Like, it's just not a good plan. <laughs> Is it? No. Um, sidebar on Aaron and David wanting to prep for the baby. Mm. At one point they say, let's practice packing your overnight bag. Guys, packing the overnight bag is maybe a one time, maybe two times if you're not happy with the first time you did it, job. It's not a practice and get right task. Mm. You pack it and then it's packed. So it's let's 
pack your overnight bag. Start Once. packing your overnight bag. Once. You don't or have to unpack it. Let's go shopping for little toiletries to put in your overnight bag. You don't have to practice. Yeah, you don't use them then in the bathroom. It's not, baby's coming, quick, go get all your things. Like, no, it's ready to go. What do you think I did with the overnight bag? Didn't do it till the last minute? I outsourced that. Oh, what did you do? I got my mum to do that. Beautiful. She wanted to. I did it as part of my nesting process. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's lovely. But like, I feel like Nicolette could just say, boys, just do it. Yeah. Like. Just do that. But anyway, I don't know. Look, so poor Nicolette is grabbing at her stomach and, you know, she has the terrible slash wonderful circumstance of being a nurse and knowing all of the things that could happen. And I know this because I grew up with a nurse who will constantly throw fear bombs at you. (laughs) I mean, I still am growing up with a nurse that will do that. So the thing is, is when she's grabbing it, she's thinking placenta previa. She's thinking like all of these things. She's not thinking, oh, I'm in labor. She's thinking I'm in a desperate situation and the outcome might be Mm. awful. Oh, boy. So that's the cliffhanger. (laughs) That's and Chloe's like back with Leo at an advertiser meeting. And they were having like tea towel fights or something. At oh. The- oh, and that was foreshadowed as well with the water going on her dress. So Leo threw the thing and so that's much like the water breaking, right? Oh, I love that yeah. symbolism. That splat noise that <laughs> happened then. <laughs> One thing on that, I would like Chloe to stop being shamed for having a career. Because this is like a, a tenant that happens a lot. Mm. So it would happen with Pierce when she would like just want to go to meetings and mm. stuff. And it's happening now that she's like, there seems to be that Chloe's unable to maintain a family life and career. Yeah. Like it's a storyline. I, I don't like it. I'd like them to stop. Yeah. And when she does try to have one, she's sabotaged mm. by her employer. Oh, sick. And when she came onto the show, she was like inexperienced and didn't know, remember when she was manager for a bit and stuff. Yeah, she's just, she'd done a lot of jobs overseas, nannying and whatever. Yeah, she hadn't really dedicated to like a field. And she's now quite experienced. Like she's been on Neighbours for three years or something, right? So she's been in this role she's for been a while. the manager. At yeah, Lasseter. and she did that three-day course, yeah. wherever that was. <laughs> and yeah, so like I just think she is quite good at her job. And she can manage to do it in work hours and then go home and have mm. a family and a life. And as she said, she's like, well, I can do this and I want to be home for dinner and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I also, what I did enjoy was shining a light on the fact that Chloe has this effervescent personality and Leo was sort of challenging her on that. He's like, you don't seem your usual self. You seem serious. It's like, well, it's been, what, two or three years since you were here, mate. Mm. people grow up and change. She's not going to be the same happy gal about town that you slept with on the desk. And she's had a lot of things happen. Yeah. Like when that happened, she didn't know she had Huntington's, for oh, instance. Like, oh, you don't see me use yourself. My mum died two months ago. Yeah. Schmuck. Like. Of, of the disease. Of the disease that I have. Yeah. So you want me to yuck it up? Give me an hour. Yeah. Oh, no, give me the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. give me some wines. <laughs> yeah. But I did like seeing her put on her persona, like, here I am, happy Chloe. Yeah. It was interesting. Now, a couple of other things to touch on that were of note. Got to talk about <laughs> – let's save them till the end. I just written here, Melanie Pearson is a joy. Yeah. There was some lovely stuff with Toadie um, having to come to terms with seeing visions of Sonia – his late wife, where his new girlfriend is now taking the place 
in in the nursery was yeah. the big moment for him. And Carl and Susan get to play pretend parents of an adult child mm. in this, which I, I like. That's what they love, yeah. I mean, pretend parent is their favourite mm. role, isn't it? Now, remind me, Susan had a relationship with someone who died. Mm. Was she with that person when they died? Yeah. Yeah. So, I sort of feel like Susan could give a little bit more to Toadie from her experience in this. Mm. Like, she didn't have children with Kinski, wasn't it? They had stepkids. Let me just look here. Yeah. So, they had the stepkids and the stepkids stayed with her for like a bit longer, didn't they? Because pretend parent is mm. her favourite role. Um, I got step parent in that case, of course. But, yeah, I just – when Susan did I oh, I don't know possibly how to answer this face to Tony. I'm like, no, you do because you, you've you been bereft and then you got back together with Carl. Mm. So I just I, – I was waiting for Suze to like jump in mm. with a bit like, oh, well, when my middle husband, <laughs> you know, died. Yeah. Um, it, I really liked seeing this because I feel that this was really lacking in the first two of Tony's relationship. In it was nice that he pointed that out and said, mm. I didn't feel this with Lucy Durack. And like, yeah. it's because this is more serious with Melanie. Yeah. And funnily enough, he didn't feel it with Dee, which, oh, you know, yeah. which is interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you would think that was serious, but it, I guess it just wasn't. And who knows how to deal with this? Mel. Melanie. She went through it with Joe Mangle. Yeah. So, Joe, um, Sky's mum, she got killed by duck hunters, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like, it's a, it's a traumatic childhood mm, memory mm. saying that. And, yeah, so I, th- I thought that was a really interesting – so they played a scene of Sonia at the nursery, like sort of like overshadowing Melanie just trying I, – I, I do feel bad for Melanie because it does seem that maybe she has maybe some confidence issues – because she she seems came to address them when she has an insecurity, so she's she's very adult about any issues she has. But it seems like she's always feeling like Toadie's not telling her something, mm. and I which don't love often that. he is. Yeah, he is. Um, I also love having the nursery set back. I think it's a beautiful set because mm. of all the greenery. It's lush and green. I mean, they probably had to take back some of the waterhole plants to put in the nursery oh, set. Yeah, it is nice, and I love when they're making the juices and stuff like that. Yeah, I like it. And they had a really intimate moment, and I've been hanging out for a Tony Melanie kiss. Where's my Tony? Me- Where's my sweet Melody kiss? They almost did it. They leaned in, and it was a really saucy little moment. And then it got interrupted with Carl and Susan. There was one time where Sonia did use grass because she got it mixed up with first some microgreens. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me. Thanks for making it so easy. Hello. Hmm. Hey. Yeah, I I can't imagine that Melanie's going anywhere. I think we might have her for a while come back get her on the main credits happy to have her and the storyline dovetailed nicely with jive they're still reeling from the loss of herbert the fern oh my gosh and um but there's this really touching moment well firstly toady he's talking to toady about it and toady's like when you lose something in your life i get it it's tough and i think in that moment clive looked around and realized he was standing in the dead wife's business and was like you know what perspective yeah and then mel and toady were like we think we've got something out the back that might appeal to you and then sweet jane's back there and she was so beautifully lit and she just looked so gorgeous she has just positivity beaming out of her yeah Yeah. and it's like you dipshit 
She's a very well-meaning lady. Yeah, it was a fern. <laughs> was it? Yes. No, I don't even know. Um, and the one that he was looking at in the nursery was identical to the one that died. She could have just run out and grabbed a new one, like a little kid with a goldfish. Get a new one. Play it some classical music. Call it a day. Yeah, enjoyed all of that. So they're back together. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think they, they were always together. They were just having a bit of a rift. Oh, I thought they broke up. Okay. No, I keep thinking that about Brent and Harlow, but that keeps being mm. wrong. Finally, as much – look, I want to fast forward through this like you did with the Fight Club scenes, but we have to talk about – the Umbilical Brothers or oh. Mitch and Nelson. Look them up. They just look like an Australian comedy duo. <laughs> and so there was three of them. Yeah, with Paco, Paco, Paco. Okay. And they're all from playing for keeps, yeah. are they? Yeah, except yeah. for the redhead. Daco or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, <laughs> Paco came good. And I don't – look, I'm not even going to begin to understand why these thugs that when they were teenagers bashed a nine-year-old – still want to bash that same person when he's a grown-up cop. I mean, it makes sense to me why they would want to bash up a cop. (laughs) And, like, why not pick this Drongo? So it doesn't surprise me that they would want to beat up a cop because they're they're goons, aren't they? They Ne'er-do-wells. And if you're going to beat up a cop, don't pick that, like, new super-efficient constable man. Pick this Drongo. I just feel like Travis from Playing for Keeps doesn't really need his offsider. I just think he could be he could beat up a lot more people more efficiently without his tiny little sidekick. Yeah, and also like I just don't get when you say like why did they beat up a 9-year-old? It's like obviously like they're like very mentally, you know, off. Like that's not okay and normal. It's that's not normal goon behavior. Like Mark Chopper Reed wouldn't be okay with that, you know. And they were trying to. It was something. Kyle coils and broiled, broiled in it. Coils and broiled. <laughs> in the stolen goods, they were stealing stuff like fridges. And or now because there's a warehouse and all gangs on in Erinsborough congregate around warehouses, that's what has um, set off alarm bells for Yashvi and Levi. Remember the simple days of the. The croissant stealing gang. <laughs> I miss them. <laughs> I miss them. Um, the only reason I wanted to bring them up is because one of my fav- favourite lines of the whole week landed in the middle of this storyline. So Yashvi hauls their asses in for questioning because mm. they looked sus and they've been creeping around Sheila's house and stuff. Yeah. And Yashvi, like, come on, mate. You've been there like six months. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you lead the sting for the fight club. Like, you're going to get... Some hutzpah about you. Yeah, she needs to like fall in line. Mm. Well, Actually. Lisa Sarge was there with her for the questioning. Go out and stand on the freeway with your speedo. <laughs> when they're interviewing one of the goons, and they're like, "What were you doing on the night of blah blah blah?" He's like, "Was watching TV." She's, "What were you watching?" I was home watching telly. What were you watching? Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> I thought that was like I, – I really enjoyed that too because it was right on however many months ago they would have been writing this. Yes. It was full on, yeah. It was right on the um, – in the zeitgeist in that moment. And then Nan tells them off at the front of the station. Like, listen, you two, stay away from my family. And they're like, okay, grandma. And not only – like, they seem to be – they're like the Santa Claus of goons because they keep dropping off toy trains at people's houses. Yeah, that's very sweet. Yeah, and they pick places where there's kids. Yeah, so they see Hugo playing with a toy train and they don't go, yes, he's a three-year-old boy, he would have toy trains yeah. in his possession. Yeah, so I guess 
maybe by next week we might that storyline might go, but like also Can, there's every chance no, it might not. No, this will be around for a while. Yeah. Because it's only just begun. Right. Yeah, I think like it must be leading to something big. I said that with Fight Club and I don't think it ever led to no, anything big. it led to um, well, Yashvi becoming a cop really. Oh, God, then that is big. Hmm. Shit, what can we get out of this then? I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe um, those two will become a novelty comedy duo and put some gigs on at the Flamingo Bar. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Detective Brennan could come back to town for another tri-state operation. <gasps> tri-state operation. And he could, he could bring Paige and the baby. I'd love to see the baby. I and wonder the big if, baby. From I wonder if the baby could be sorest enough so that baby Dr. Carl could play him. Despro, I'm Despro. Would be amazing. He could. He's so beautiful, my son. He could. He would look like, and, and Oli- he's half Greek. Yeah, he could Olympus, look like yeah. Olympia's son, mm-hmm. and a catalog model's son. It's really weird. I don't understand how I have an attractive child. <laughs> so I don't get it. I don't. Com- <laughs> it doesn't compute. But he could. Yeah, citizen, citizen. I'm raring to go, oh, and I go I, there. I am going to go for Leo. You sack of shit, as, <gasps> Ka- as Kate would say. Dis- I was really happy with you last week coming in like happy with no jet lag buying up big with your winery keeping your personal life with your father away from your business affairs i respect that happy to see you and now this week just trying to break up a heavily pregnant woman's relationship when she needs her support network the most interfering in your ex flames love life when she's gone through a trauma recently and a lot of traumas it's extremely inappropriate And you seem serious. You might as well just say, smile, princess. Get fucked, Leo. Mm. You're on my shit list. Shitizen. CJ. I mean, I I didn't immediately understand that. But after you spill it all that way, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't even know. Look, I'm just going to pick Harlow. Just stop. Shitizen. Yeah, shitizen. Just stop. Like, we need... To have more Curtis Perkins and Jesse relationship, and you're squashing that for now. Mm. So we there was a there was joy on the council about this mm. relationship or this you know tryst, whatever it is connection. Mm. You know, Harlow's just making it about her, and I'm so sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I I want to know more about how Jesse's rearranged his day to be able to have a picnic in the middle of it with someone he doesn't really know. He must not really have much on, I guess. He's, he's done his workout for the day. Yeah, and also like, um, well, obviously because he had some calories. Also like didn't Amy cut all the shifts? Like he's probably only doing three-hour yeah, shifts. Yeah, at the, yeah, yeah, She's given the rest to Ned. She yeah, look at, she bet, look at him. she has. Um, that was a fun week that I watched all in one day. And that was fun being able to podcast in the same room. Yeah. Kate will be back at some point as well at Remude on Twitter, CJ. CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram and TikTok. Vase on Instagram and Neighbours Pod, Twitter, Neighbours Council, Facebook, Neighbours Pod, Patreon. Look, I'm still solo parenting and my partner's trapped in Sydney. So just going to get onto that Ben Hall pass, I think. <laughs> well, he's here in Melbourne. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the only obstacle. Anyway, uh, stay well, stay safe, get vaxxed. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm sexy and I know it. I'm sexy and I know it.